6405911 and to our text line at 492 KHSU. Thursday Night Talk. Tonight, my guest and I will explore an attempt to understand the latest Jordan Peele motion picture, Us. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Lorna Bryant. My guest tonight, via telephone out of Portland, is Oz Dussolet. He is a Microsoft Excel expert and uh, storyteller, and you can find him on his YouTube channel, Excel on Fire. Morgan Bennett is a psychology major here at Humboldt State, and Isaiah Alexander, a film major here at Humboldt State. Welcome to you all. Thank you. Thank you. Oz, you there? Hey. So I selected you each for specific reasons. Uh, Morgan, in fact, I just (laughs) met this afternoon on another interview. But she is a psychology major, so it'll be interesting to get your take for, um, from that aspect. Mm-hmm. Isaiah, with your film background, and Oz, you have some background in art. So these three things collectively, I think, will make for an interesting conversation. So the, the show will be in four parts. We'll discuss the social commentary, the symbol, symbolism in the movie, the music and how it was used, and the duality or dualism um, that African Americans face in society, and we'll talk about um, we'll talk about it that way. So let's start talking about the music. So I just played the intro. So tell me what you think about. Uh, I got five on it. Oh my goodness, man! I grew up to that song, listening to that song. I got five on it. And um, that song, honestly, is probably what was the, the hooking point for this movie for a lot of people. Because um, when we listen to that music, I'm pretty sure a lot of us who heard that music, you know, growing up, we, you know, dance a little bit to it, we sing along to it. But when that shifts, when it shifts into and it transforms into that more suspenseful, that eerie kind of take or rendition of the song, then we say, oh, snap. <laughs> So, so I just played it, and the chills are still running up and down my arms. Every time I hear that particular version of I Got Five on it, it creeps me out. So what do you think, Morgan? I, it's changed the uh, dynamic of the song for me. Um, I mean, you played it earlier today after our interview, and I immediately recognized it as being from us, even though I grew up hearing it as well. And so it's given it a whole new meaning, I think, and context for me. Um, I associate new things with it. What about you, Oz? I was in the Navy at that time. (laughs) I was probably probably sitting up in nuclear power school class or something. Okay. Right. Yeah, I just remember that era of hip-hop, and where I'm taken back to is that's when... 
all the uh, anger about this is not real music when that mm. was starting to die down. So that's that whole era was uh, volatile. Uh, yeah, it wasn't music. <laughs> and um, beyond Warwick and see, I see Dolores Tucker going to Capitol Hill to say that it should be banned, and then Tipper Gore. You know, and uh, uh, the lyrics and the masturbating with the magazine. Right. Uh, so that's what that does for me. And then, uh, you know, reading about what Jordan Peele had to say about that, you know, the it didn't seem like the, the song itself had much symbolism other than to bring us back into that time. Right. You know, and also, let's not forget that the song... It's talking about drugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so let me give yeah. you a disclaimer now. Uh, if you're tuning in, there will be spoilers. So if um, learning about the movie will spoil the fun if you haven't seen it yet, uh, maybe you should turn your radio off or your stream off now. Um, but in, in the movie, the father's character, uh, Gabe, uh, kind of downplays with his children. Oh, it's not about drugs at all. And yeah, you you, you got five on a twenty sack. There's no <laughs> other way to spin that. It's about drugs. Yeah. And you know, also that that movie. I mean, the song that was selected um, in the final scene of the movie. That's when you hear the the creepy part. And that part was actually supposed to be the song. For that part was actually supposed to be the song um, that is played in the Nutcracker um, because they are dancing to the Nutcracker suite, wow. and and it was supposed to be uh, uh, Ch- well, who is it Tchaikovsky? Yeah, it's supposed to be Tchaikovsky, and uh, Jordan Peele said, "No, I'm going to go with Michael Abels, the same guy who uh, created the music for Get Out." And um, the same person who created the music for Get Out, and he just reworked uh, the Looney's version of I Got Five on it, and it works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I remember that. I remember exactly what you're talking about at the climax of the film, where it's, uh, it's a big, <laughs> the big showdown between, um, oh, my God, and just hearing how you took a song that's from like our childhood uh-huh. and turned it into something like absolutely terrifying. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, you know, there's one more thing about um, the music. So in the movie Get Out, the intro song um, after Redbone with a, a Childish Gambino, the song is an old 20s tune, Run, Rabbit, Run. Did you get that connection? It, no, I missed that <laughs> one. Wow. Yeah, what about you, Oz? No, didn't get it. Yeah, so um, the symmetry between Get Out and, um, and Us is almost creepy um not almost it is creepy the (laughs) fact that uh he's using uh, some of the same symmetry in both uh songs i mean in both movies in both uh movies he's also giving 
Uh, I don't know if he's giving specifically African-Americans uh, a warning, mm-hmm. um, but it seems that way. In the movie Get Out, there was that haunting song that was during the opening credits. It, it's a Swahili um, it's a song that has a Swahili words, and it translates to brother, listen to the ancestors, run. You need to run far. Listen to the truth, brother. Listen to the ancestors. Run, run. To save yourself, listens, listen to the ancestors. So, oh, I'm getting chills again. So he's... It, there's another theme in the movie Us, running. Mm-hmm. And he, in the song Get Out, it's talking about run, listening to your ancestors. And there's another ominous uh, song that Michael Abels uh, played. It's called Anthem. And we're going to play that right now and just listen to it a little. And here it is. That's creepy itself. I have no idea what that means, but Alex, <laughs> Isaiah. Your reaction just by hearing that. No, okay. So <laughs> that that song plays during the entire first sequence of um, us, and the entire that first sequence with the um, rabbit, and how you zoom out. It was a slow dolly backwards, and there, as as audience members, we're only first we're only focusing on one rabbit, but as we pull back, we start to see that the entire wall is filled with cages of rabbits. And the only thing that you hear, you don't hear anything else, but you only hear the chanting of that song. And I was that made me think, like, what am I watching? Yeah. And and I don't know if the song is talking about rabbits. I don't know if it's warning me to run and listen to my ancestors. It doesn't I don't know if they're telling me to uh find my, my doppelganger. I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I think that uh, it, I think reminds, that... It, it reminds me of old 70s horror movies like oh. the the Omen where you have that dark kind of churchy chant that uh not really churchy it's more of the hell like yeah um uh, like um Gregorian Gregorian chants mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. I'm creeping my out, myself out to <laughs> yeah. that. But yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. You know, it's almost like Jordan uh, pulls from tons of, of horror movies and um, the symbolism from old horror movies uh, in, his, yes. in his own uh, pr- uh, presentation of horror films. Uh, the Twilight Zone mm-hmm. is one of the themes. The birds is a theme that can be seen throughout the movie. And like you said, Oz, um, that ominous kind of s- sound that you hear um, from other horror movies. Yeah. And one thing I liked about Get Out was how he handled a lot of tropes. Mm-hmm. They were obviously tropes, but he handled 
them in really smart ways. And kind of in the same way that the the son does, mm-hmm. uh, how he he interacts with uh, his doppelganger Pluto. Um, he has a different type of relationship with his doppelganger uh, as opposed to all of the other uh, characters in the movie. Um, Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. They did have a different relationship. Yeah. um, Um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't know if we want to I don't know if we want to go into that yet. But yeah, I picked up that they had a different relationship. We'll 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 get into the character okay. progression a little bit, and I'm so glad right. I have a film student here because, uh, in terms of camera angles and shots, and um, one thing that I I've taken a couple of film classes before, and I know the use of the color red. Yes. So in in filmmaking, the use of color red is usually used for. Um, a shift in the story or something like a new act or a new scene but right. we see thematically mm-hmm. red also, throughout the throughout, movie yes um so of course all the antagonists in the film wear red right um there was also in case you don't it the um in in the movie there was uh, it starts with the uh, commercial of um hands across america yes <laughs> and red there right yes and then we noticed with lupita young um uh, Niango. Niango, excuse me. Um, with her character, how her blouse starts off as white, mm-hmm. but as the film progresses, it becomes red in coloration due to the bloodshed that she's enduring, right? Mm-hmm. So all throughout, mm-hmm. we see red. You know, let's just transition into the symbolism now then. Um, not only red, we see red, white, Mm-hmm. and blue mm-hmm. um, hands across America the symbol is red white and blue um, when the frisbee is thrown on um, at the beach it's on a blue and white uh, uh, mat mm-hmm. and the red uh, frisbee lands directly on the blue circle mm-hmm. so is that symbolism for America you, and I'm about to creep myself out again um, when Lupita's uh, or Adelaide's character, um, Red. when her doppelganger, Red, um, reveals herself, she says, we are Americans. <laughs> Why does she say that? The, the <laughs> symbolism that he's trying to express with the movie and its relationship to American society. You also pointed out um, before we started this interview uh, the portrait above the fireplace and I believe those colors match the red, white, and blue and that it has a uh, really interesting um, similarity to the portrait recently painted of Michelle Obama. Absolutely. Um, in the the family room where the doppelgangers are standing or sitting in front of the uh, fireplace, over the fireplace is a painting, and it looks exactly like, it's, it's um, almost like an abstract painting, mm-hmm. so you can't see it clearly, but it looks almost identical to the painting that, um, of Obama, uh, Michelle Obama that was just commissioned, what, last year? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Another symbolism of America, I Mm -hmm. guess. And it's red, white, and blue. Yeah. It is red, white, and blue. What do you have to say about that, Oz? No, I didn't pick up on a lot of that. So, 
tell me. That movie had me lost. I think it had every. I'll be honest. I saw Get Out three times. Um, okay. And I'll probably need to see this movie three or four more times before I could fully understand it and um, make my own assessment about what it really means. Um, but right, and yeah, you know, uh, I do remember when she said, "You know, we're Americans," and I remember having a visceral feeling. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if this was some kind of an insult or if there was some profound statement being made. But at that point in the movie, I was lost. And I stayed lost until yes. the lights came on. That moment stand stood out. We're Americans. Okay. And I trust Jordan Peele to where it wouldn't be a cheap insult. I just had to work to get at whatever it is, and hopefully we can get closer to that in this conversation. You know, all of us are a little bit lost, so <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever yeah. get, get close to it or not, hopefully. If you're just tuning in, this is Thursday Night Talk. I'm Lorna Bryant, your host, and we're discussing the motion picture thriller us. If you'd like to join in the conversation with a question or a comment, feel free to call us at 826-4805. The toll-free number is 800-640-5911. Or you can text your question or comment to 707-492-KHSU. That's 492-5478. So, one of the other symbols um, that was prevalent throughout the movie, eleven eleven. Mm. Yeah, we we yeah. saw eleven eleven and the black flag um, photo. Mm-hmm. The family, there are four of them standing in the shadows. They look like eleven eleven. Mm. Mm. And then there's Jeremiah eleven eleven. And I will read that scripture. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, uh, which they shall not be able to escape. And and though they shall not cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. I'm going to read it again because I kind of slaughtered it. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they will not be able to escape. And though they shall uh, cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Who is they? Mm. Or is it us? I think with your uh, your expression that it may have really, the movie may have uh, symbols about American society. Um, it's a pretty interesting verse to pick from the Bible mm. and uh, uh, obviously open to interpretation, but um, they being um, the people and um, he, in this verse referencing God, but in this context, potentially the American government or who's running it, things like that, and not hearing the cries of the people who need it the most. Or white and black. Yep. Again, exactly. you know, Jordan, Jordan Peele is uh, biracial. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, his mother is white and his father is African-American. And like I said, it seems like he's always sending these messages to African-Americans saying, beware. Mm -hmm. 
So, the, do, his... I, I don't get that. Really? I, I don't know. Because when it started out, I thought that this was racial because black the black family is in the lead, right? Mm-hmm. But then we go outside of the house and their white friends have to deal with their doppelgangers and then all across the city and the country. So there was something more complex about these different dualities that wasn't as simple as black and white. And I think I'm pretty confident about that. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's look back a little bit. So we had the white family. Um, they were very well off, very wealthy. Um, it, their opulence and, and wealth was clearly on display. Mm-hmm. And um, the Adelaide's family, they were just comfortable. The, the white family, they were the first to die off. Now, that never happens in, in, in horror movies. Mm-hmm. Black folks are always the first to die. Um, but if you looked at the city of Santa Cruz, all of the other people that you saw, they were all white. Mm-hmm. So, I it it to me it felt like um, an ongoing thematic message of you know hey black folks be be careful they're out to get you. What do you think, Al, uh, Isaiah? Um, when my first interpretation was that Jordan Peele was making a commentary on classism. Mm-hmm. Um, during Red's first introduction and her first monologue when she's talking and when you mentioned it before when she said um, who are we? We are Americans. And from there I, I really took that line as meaning as we are the same. Mm. There's no us. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. no them. We are the same. We are you. And even um, Red yeah. mentioned that a lot when she was saying um, while you were on top when you were on the surface, enjoying all the privileges, enjoying all the luxuries, I was down here. Mm-hmm. I was eating Rabbit. rabbits yeah. raw mm-hmm. and bloody. Yeah. yeah. You had the seat. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go, man, this, this is good. This is good. Because <laughs> I, I did, I did have that feeling about you know, uh, we are Americans. It could be like, hey, I'm one of you. Right. You know. We're the same damn thing here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, except I've had a bad deal. Uh, black me, counter version of you me, mm-hmm. and not you know, and uh, I, it's not so easy to clean black white. Not this one. Okay. So. You know, during that monologue um, that you were discussing, Isaiah, she also says something about while um, we were underground, you didn't even enjoy the luxury of yeah the 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 sunshine. Mm -hmm. And what that made me think about was how we how we treat Mother Nature Mm -hmm. and how we. treat our environment and how we are killing the earth Um, so that was that was the symbolism that I got out of that statement Mm -hmm. and the whole movie it made me wonder if he was talking about um, Mother Earth Mm -hmm. and how we uh, 
how we uh, respect or don't respect it. Um, that that was something that came to mind as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Mm. And you know what what I got from that? It took me back to when I got out of the Navy in 91 and couldn't make sense of civilian life, right? Mm. Because I spent six years in the Navy. I stayed up for three days getting a ship through the Suez Canal. Wow. Getting called all kind of bad names by the uh, leading petty officer, and there's no human resources to go run to. And, of course, and you I, can't I, use those words right now, of course. I get out of the Navy, and I get a civilian job, and they're complaining about, you came back late from lunch, and I'm going to tell the boss. Was, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I get thanks for my freedom so that these people can whine about other people coming back late for lunch. Probably three what minutes, you, right? What are you, you know, what are you doing with your freedom? Right. You got this freedom and use it with the platitudes of thank you for your service and to, to complain about junk. Right, right. And we spend a lot of time doing that. We spend a lot of time doing that, and maybe that is uh, part of the social commentary that... Uh, that Jordan Peele is pointing out to us. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the other uh, things that uh, the symbolism, Michael Jackson and Thriller. Mm. (laughs) Why Michael Jackson and Thriller? And again, you know, Michael Jackson kind of had a dual life as well. Mm -hmm. Um, People who are under the age of, 30 or so didn't know that Michael Jackson was a black artist because they've only seen him with his uh, white skin. Um, I grew up with uh, full afro, full nostrils, dark skin Michael Jackson. And uh, over time, he became thin lip, thin nose, um, white skin Michael Jackson. So I don't know if that was part of the symbolism, uh, focusing on Michael Jackson and the movie Thriller. Um, right. Um, I, I, I definitely remember, especially how Red, also in Michael Jackson's Thriller, um, or in, was it in Beat It? Or was it, was it Thriller? It was Thriller, yes. I'm, okay. How Red was a signature color in that music video, and how Red is also a signature color. And the one and, glove. Mm-hmm. Mm. And yes. the one glove. And the one glove. Yes. So, yeah. Right, right. Yep. So that's, yeah, that's deliberate. <laughs> so, um, you know, maybe Jordan Peele should uh, have a, a, a website <laughs> at the end of all of his movies, maybe a month or six months later saying, okay, now I'm going to tell you what everything means because we'll probably talk about this forever and there'll be tons of theories and uh, there are theories and and questions right now that are all over the internet. (laughs) I think it's an important part of his movies though. I I was watching an interview earlier today of his where he talked about um, how he wanted certain symbolisms to remain open because it allows us to put ourselves in terms of that movie, see see what things might relate to us and our past experiences um, and it allows us as an individual and then hopefully further as a society when we start talking about these um, concepts to address certain things and so we're talking about uh, the economic inequalities that may be represented in the movie the racial inequalities represented and um, I think it's a it's a great starting point or platform for us to analyze these things um, yeah. 
Um, now, uh, let's see. You know, leaving things open for ter- for interpretation. Now, I trust Jordan Peele with that, but I have heard too many artists fall uh, hide behind that. Mm-hmm. Well, they they seem to really not know what they were doing, mm-hmm. and they might have gotten lucky and put some things together um, that seem intriguing. But then ask them, well, what does this mean? What are you trying to articulate? Well means whatever you want it to mean. No, hogwash. If we're going to have a conversation, can we have a starting point? If you're trying to evoke conversation, help me understand what you want to talk about. Now, that doesn't mean spoon, spoon feed it to me. And I could appreciate with Get Out. And now, as we talk about us and things get clearer, and I can trust that there's more deliberate, um, I can have a conversation. And I know what to agree and disagree in, and with and where to ask questions. And I contrast that against Childish Gambino's This Is America. I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> now, I know there's, there's all kinds of stuff going around, Met, you know, trying to interpret those metaphors and stuff. Um, and he's refused to give anybody anything. So I don't know if the cop on the horse... What is that simple meaning? I don't know. And I'm not going, and for me to say would say more about me than about any public conversation that we could have. Right. Well, you know, one thing about Jordan Peele, and we can say the same thing about uh, Donald Glover. I don't think I've talked more about a music video or a, a television show like Atlanta, mm-hmm. or anything that Jordan Peele has ever done, more than anything I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Both of these artists do spark conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they spark conversations that go on. I'm still talking about the movie Get Out. Mm-hmm. I'm still talking about the, mov- uh, the m- music video, This Is America. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably be talking about us for a long time as well. It looks like we have a text message. Uh, Michael, would you like to read that? Yes, we do. And thanks for whoever texted this in. I did not get their name. But they say that 1111 is shorthand for you can run, but you can't hide which in this context mm-hmm. can touch on the duality of racial issues or the duality of people's own issues with their inner and outer selves, like who they portray and who they really are or think they are. Okay, that creeped me out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. And that reminded me of the word privilege. Ah, right? how's, how's um, um People who had a voice, people who are living on the top, lost in their own privilege and piss it away. Mm. <laughs> wow. I don't know why that text reminded me of that. And that's why I don't see black or white. I see the privilege. Okay. Having a voice. Some people have a voice and they can get away with things. They can silence other people. And that's not a black or a white thing. You're right. That could be, that could be a money thing. That could be. I'm the New York Times, and I have the camera and the ink. 
I can <laughs> shove it in your face. Right. You can't shove that in my face. Right. But when I get facts wrong or throw out some crazy information, no, I'm too privileged for you to turn it back on me. Hmm. That's real. I think that's an interesting, too, uh, with your reference, again, um, to this having um, symbolism to socioeconomic status in America. Mm -hmm. um, With Adelaide's character coming from these doppelgangers originally, spoiler alert, (laughs) (laughs) um, to to above, to this family, um, and essentially leaving that behind. And inevitably in this... um, this fight that occurs in the movie, fighting against these people that she had come from. And I think in terms of this like, socioeconomic status and rising and the latter, it's really interesting um, symbolism, potentially. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't even mention going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, that it, who knew that there was a whole life underground in Santa Cruz? Well, I did see the movie... Um, Lost Boys. So something about the boardwalk in Santa Cruz, that's a special place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there was one other um, thing that really struck me. Um, I mentioned that I noticed symbolism from other movies throughout. And I recognized, well, the the... Religious symbolism was blatant throughout the movie because mm-hmm. of the theme of uh, Jeremiah 11:11 that ran through it. But I immediately began to think about the uh, the first Matrix mm. because in the first Matrix there was an underlying religious connotation all throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Neo was the the one; he was the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were trying to get to. Um, uh, Zion and their ship was the Nebuchadnezzar mm-hmm. and uh, the oracle um, talked about um, the tenants and different things and the symmetry and the, the, or the symbol- symbolism that the matrix used and us used about mm-hmm. religion just really got me thinking It, um, I think that part kind of spooked me more mm. than anything in the movie is is it a commentary about um, a relationship with God or your God whoever that may be or mm-hmm. uh, some religious uh, connection I don't know mm. what do you think well <laughs> um, I knew that religion um, played a big part in us um, in terms, because I looked up that, that Bible verse, Jeremiah eleven eleven right after. Um, oh, my goodness. I did during the movie. <laughs> <laughs> because um, for me, and I can only speak to the, the religious undertones of us, because that's more recent, and it's been a while since I've seen The Matrix. But um, the movie has a lot to do with the entire motivation of the doppelgangers, or the tethered, as they're called in the um, film, because they're tethered to the person on the surface, right? But the the main motivation by the tethered to kill their um, the the people, the surface people, right? Is, in my opinion, I think hate. I think by them suffering all those years underground eating nothing but the rabbits and being forced 
to go through the motions of wherever their surface tether, their surface people are going through. It gave them a hate, and that hate fueled them to rebel, which is why, you know, <laughs> which is where the, the 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 suspense and the terror comes from, mm-hmm. because we're mm-hmm. looking at not only a person that looks exactly like us, but we're looking with a person that absolutely hates us, because we have everything that they need. So I just, while you were talking, something came to me. So big, big, big spoiler alert here if you haven't seen the movie. Really don't listen to this. So we know who Adelaide really Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. So do you think the, the hate came from her parents not coming to find her? I had really never thought about that until um, while you were speaking, Isaiah. I think the hate comes from, I think the hate comes for more, um, for Red, the original Adelaide. I think that hate comes for more with her because there's a couple of lines of dialogue in, in, in the movie where Red says, you could have taken me with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could have taken me with you. You can share. You have enough that you can take me to your world and not leave me behind. Mm-hmm. But you left me behind. Jordan Peele's done a few um, interviews too as well where he alludes to the fact that um, part of it, the message in his movie is that um, our own worst enemy is ourselves. And so the idea of them as being separate may not be so rigid. And you could think of, like, take the, the daughter, for example, her um, unwillingness, vaguely mentioned in the beginning, um, to continue with track. Mm-hmm. And the person that hunts her down is her doppelganger, primarily through chasing her in mm-hmm. these track-like movements she's running after her. Um, and how this other self is a part of us and how we're allowing it to harm us, essentially. And he, he alluded to that a bit in his interviews. And so I think it's an interesting... Yeah. You know, the the daughter yeah. also said something very strange, just a random statement while they were in the car. She said, you know, they put fluoride in the water to control our minds. Where the heck did that come from? And yeah, I'm going to stick to my alkaline water and try not to. Yeah, because that fluoride, that'll kill you, huh? Why did she say that? Oh, that's, that's the old thing that's been uh, around, an old claim that's been around a long time. But we had a teenager saying it. Mm. That was a kid saying it, though. That wasn't our parents. Okay. okay. He, that, that was, that was a little creepy to me. Yeah. <laughs> that was. But, you know, Morgan, Morgan was talking about, you know, what Jordan Peele has said. And... It's about repression Mm -hmm. and not dealing with your dark side Mm -hmm. because you repress something, it goes off in festers and turns into something else. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, And I think about some things now around, you know, that 2016 election and Hmm. People being fed up with political correctness, and so uh, um, people learn to shut up. But then they go off and find different places that are really weird. 
Because I tell you, I found, because I feel like I'm a disaffected Democrat, right? <laughs> and so, right, so I found this anti-PC group. Uh-huh. All right, yeah, a place where we can really talk. But no, no. This was some place in a dark corner of Facebook with people. It was vile. Yeah. And, and we're living in those times now. Mm-hmm. We do well, have an. Oh, I'm sorry, Oz. Go ahead. Well, well I'm. I'm. I think I'm. I'm saying. I think I'm saying something different. Oh. Right. Where there is um, a lot of things that are popular to say mm-hmm. that are the right answer, and then there are the people who want to have a conversation but know to shut up. <laughs> yeah. Right. But then they shut up. And either they check out or they find weird places to go with things where there is no civil dialogue. It's just nasty. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm centering on that word check out. And I want to talk about Gabe in a little bit about about mm-hmm. that. Um, but we have a, a text message that has come in. Michael, can you read that? Yes, and this is actually going back to symbolism a little bit. Oh, great. Um, This is another symbol used in the movie were the rabbits, which you guys touched on briefly earlier, I think. Um, symbolically, they stand for duality, and Jordan Peele even said that they're, quote, adorable, but creep him out, giving them two meanings. Even the daughter who is, even the daughter is wearing a shirt that says, though, um, T-H-O, mm-hmm. um, which is Vietnamese for rabbit. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of the film, and a huge thematic element in that text. And the one before that one was from Amy, a.k.a. the person who forced Morgan to see the movie. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Amy. Thank you for two, uh, for forcing Morgan, and thank you for your comment as well. Um, the daughter actually wore two shirts that had uh, a rabbit on it. The first was um, an artistic drawing of a rabbit, and the second was the Vietnamese word, uh, tho, mm-hmm. which means rabbit. Um, yeah, oh, I'm going to have to watch the movie a second time mm-hmm. uh, with the lights on. Yeah, yeah I no. walked away with a couple new fears after this movie, bunnies and uh, scissors being two of them. Yes, now I must admit, um, I don't think of myself as a frilly pink bows and flowers girly girl and I am not one to scream out like a frilly pink bows and flowers girly Mm -hmm. girl but something happened in the movie I can't remember what it was but at the movie theater Sunday night at the minor Mm -hmm. I was the only one in that full theater Mm -hmm. who screamed out twice What part got you? What part got you? I don't remember. And it wasn't... So the thing about Jordan's movies are they're psychological thrillers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're not like slasher gory. Now, there was some gore, but not as much as Get Out. Mm-hmm. But there was a little bit, but nothing like over the top. It was more psychological. Mm-hmm. Um I was sitting in the last row at the movie theater and people were getting up and all throughout the movie I was I was thinking please sit down and don't move you're creeping me out you're walking <laughs> behind me stop so I don't remember what it was but it was probably something that jumped out and mm-hmm. it made me scream um, has never happened I don't think in my lifetime I've ever screamed out <laughs> like that <laughs> I'm 50 years old and I, scr- I screamed like a girl mm. yeah yeah <laughs> So, um, 
as it pertains to like filmmaking, I've noticed that um, Get Out didn't really have too many for me those blatant cheap jump scares mm-hmm. that are gonna get you. But what Gordon Peele really really um, finds his stride in is his his ability to build suspense mm-hmm. in his theme. Um, I'm, I'm going to give you guys a particular scene. There was a scene where the the daughter was running, right? And then mm-hmm. she got the, the, the doppelganger caught up to her. Mm-hmm. And they were playing this game of cat and mouse at the... Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Playing that game of cat and mouse um, over the car. Right. And it's just so suspenseful because you you see from the daughter's point of view her doppelganger mm-hmm. through the, the window of the car. And then all of a sudden she just drops down. Right. And it's just building and building and mm-hmm, building yes. as the daughter attempts to look for a doppelganger only for her to look up. And it's not mm-hmm. a jump scare, mm-hmm. but it's just that reveal to know that for the whole time your doppelganger was watching mm-hmm. you. Right. 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 So that his ability to build suspense is what I think that's us's greatest mm-hmm. or most its strongest point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's suspenseful. It's- I think ahead. something that makes it creepier too, as opposed to other horror movies, is like they're they're very human. They're the exact humans, in fact, that we're looking at and rooting for in this movie, but without the humanity. And it makes it just just that so much more creepy to right. look at. Right. So, as a film uh, film student, Isaiah, what do you think uh, is is uh, Jordan Peele's greatest quality as a filmmaker? His imagination, without wow. a doubt. Um, the thing about the the thing about Get Out and Us, they're both Jordan Peele's, you know, flicks. Mm-hmm. You know, they're both or they're both incredibly original, which is something that's lacking, I think, in the horror genre is that mm-hmm. originality because we always have the you know the paranormal ones, and then we always have the ones like the Purge, just about bloodshed and things like that. But what Jordan Peele has found. It's that he has, he has the ability to come up with these amazing, amazingly unique stories to tell. Because mm-hmm. Get Out, there wasn't a film like Get Out before, and that's why Get Out had the such had the success that it had. Mm-hmm. And right. with us, it's wildly unique because it's it's us. You know, mm-hmm. the um, God, it's just I think that's his strongest quality as a um, as a filmmaker. He has found a way. To let people know that he is a legitimate director, mm-hmm. and not only that, he's also a significant director. Mm-hmm. And now, from now on, whenever Jordan Peele has another film coming out, we're always going to say, "Oh, the new Jordan Peele movie is coming out. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go see the new Jordan Peele." Oh yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. <laughs> right. But, but I wonder if you can say more about imagination because imagination, we, we've all got imagination, and some somebody can come up with something that's really brilliant in their own mind and then it comes out in a theater and it's junk mm-hmm. or it never makes it to a theater uh, there's more than imagination you know I I think of I think of um, I'll use Solange as an example Beyonce is a performer. Solange is an artist with a creative imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, Steven Spielberg is a director, a brilliant director. Mm-hmm. Jordan Peele is a brilliant director with a superb imagination mm-hmm. that he can translate 
into something tangible on film. Mm -hmm. I, I, is that what you mean um, in terms of imagination? Right. I think. I'm trying. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Or, or let's add the word genius to that. Mm -hmm. Imagine. Well, that, that, I, I, I like hearing something measurable, something we can feel. I was, what were you going to say, Isaiah? I was going to say um, his, not, as well as finding what Lorna just said, finding a way to translate his, what he has in his head onto, um, onto the screen um, so, so, so greatly or so eloquently. But um, yeah. mind you, for the casting, he, he had Winston Duke and Lupita Nyong'o in mind he 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 recruited them. He said, "I want these two people to play these roles." And two non-Americans, might I add? Right. Yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. To play that American family, and he he, with Winston Duke's comedy, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> us also, like Jordan Peele from you know Jordan Peele was from Key and Peele, mm -hmm. and he was a comedian. So when you, you know, so also us has you know humor in it as well. But Winston Duke's comedy. And couple that with Lupita's Oscar-worthy performance, yes, right. You have something truly special, and I think that comes from his imaginative mind, from his imagination, saying like, "Okay, for this character, only one person in the world can play it, and that's her. For mm -hmm. this character, this film needs this these certain aspects. There's only one person in the world who can do that, and it's this person." And you know. The dad was the epitome of a dad joke. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, emphasis on joke because, I mean, you have this strapping, hulking mm -hmm. black man who is the weakest character in the movie. <laughs> he is the weakest character. And, you know, it was the son and the mother who basically saved the day. Mm -hmm. And it, that brings us to the son. Was he his own doppelganger or or was he a surface person or someone who was underground and actually made it above ground that has been a theory that's been going on around the internet because his connection to his doppelganger was very unique mm -hmm. and it's almost like he taught him he, mm -hmm. he taught him how to light fire mm -hmm. and he's that was part of the his doppelganger's demise that fire mm -hmm. um and he yep. he peeped his mother's game too early on mm -hmm. uh, if you remember the scene where she finds him he does not hug his mother mm -hmm. he put his arms around her mm -hmm. but he does not hug his mother and he looked at her um in a leery manner mm -hmm. right so fresh in the car yeah yeah no, I'm talking about when she uh, found him. Mm, okay. On the beach, right? Yeah. On the beach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's actually a, a theory that when he got um, when he got trapped in the pantry in the summer home, uh, that is the time he was actually switched. Mm. He was traumatized by uh, being trapped mm. there. And, uh, you know, kind of in the same way that his mother was trapped in the fun house. Mm -hmm. Is it possible? <laughs> you know, one thing, so there was so much that I thought about with this. First of all, the kid couldn't get his lighter to go so that he could show the trick. Mm -hmm. But then his talent person 
had his face burn up. So at some point, he had got some fire going. Right. At birth. Right. He, he was born into a fire, it was, uh, the mother said. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ah. Oh, ah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and he, so now, and, and one thing is their relationship was unique because it seemed like the kid, he didn't tussle with his telling person. Mm-hmm. He and held his hand. when it was time for him to go away, he sent him away. Right. I mean, they were they were truly a mirror image. They did everything um, like in tandem. Mm-hmm. Um, they made yeah. the exact same movements. And the way he got rid of his, all of the other um, characters had uh, some sort of violent end of their tethers uh, where they actually tussled. But he mm-hmm. didn't. Mm-hmm. He just gave the... Um, his his tethered person um, directions on what to do, and he just followed his his lead and mm-hmm. followed direction, and mm-hmm. that led to his demise. Um, very very, unique. and he says it's a trap. He he yeah. protects his family ultimately. Um, I hope there is a, a part two mm-hmm. <laughs> because I want answers. I definitely want answers. Them. Yes. Oh, oh gosh. Them. Yes, yes, yes. Well, are, are you graduating, uh, Isaiah? Yeah, I am. This is going to be my last semester. So so maybe you should reach out to uh, Jordan and say, hey, yo. Uh. No, I've been calling him every you know now and again. I've been sending my emails, but he doesn't, you know, it's too small time for him. <laughs> You know, Jordan Peele did put out a call uh, which some filmmakers uh, questioned. He, he um, put out a call saying, hey, you know, give me your story ideas and let's see if we can, uh, we can uh, give it a treatment. And every promising filmmaker that I know, they said, nope, that's how you see your story go up on the big screen and you don't get credit for it. So I'm not in, I'm not buying it. So, so be, don't send them a, a, a treatment. Um, just get them to hire you instead. Mm. And then you can send them a treatment. Okay. <laughs> so we are almost out of time. I want to give each of you an opportunity to, and we didn't even get into the music uh, really deeply, but I'm going to end with uh, that Minnie Ripperton song that ended the, the show, I mean the movie, but first I want to give each of my guests an opportunity to uh, give some clothing, closing remarks about the film, what you thought, uh, what what it mostly meant to you, and I'll start with you, Morgan. I just, um, I went into it obviously having seen Get Out before, so expecting there to be some theme um, other than just horror genre and um, he didn't disappoint um, he left I think um, various points open to interpretation while still leading us into conversations like was this about socioeconomic status was it about racial relations and even with small symbolisms my friend who texted in earlier had even pointed out to me that on the beach the mirror hall and we talked about this a little bit before um, had in the what the 80s was it mm-hmm. um, had been a very stereotypical sign of a Native American man and um, with some stereotypes in there and that in the present day it had been replaced mm-hmm. um, which could be um, some significant symbolism to glossing over America's tragedies and the acts that have been that have taken place in our history yes um, absolutely so I think there, there's a lot to unpack with the movie yes 
And Isaiah? Yeah, so um, if you haven't seen the movie already, us, go see it. Um, Get out and go see it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, yes. Get out and go see it. (laughs) I'm sorry, that was was a a dad joke. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, Because this is is a great film. It's also a great movie to go out and to watch and enjoy. I saw it on my birthday and I hate scary movies. And I had, um, it was a great experience. So if you haven't gone to see it, I encourage you to go see it. Watch it, watch it once, watch it twice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes, it, it's a hitter. Yes. And Oz? Wow. Um, I've just been speechless. You know? <laughs> but the thing that really strikes home for me is a message of deal with your dark side whether it's your own sitting by yourself somewhere Mm. or your own group of privileged people who pushed out some Mm. people who've gone into their dark side, when might that show up at your doorstep holding hands when red jumpsuits? Mm. So, yeah, I really don't see race. I see somebody of any race could be sitting somewhere hiding from their dark side yeah. and then have to deal with it one day. You know, I just looked down and realized I have a red, <laughs> a red <laughs> shirt on. So while you were talking, I'm thinking dark side. Wow. <laughs> Am I my own dark side? Hmm. You know, I, 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 I could be. I, and you know, just like what your friend said, Morgan, um, you can run, and but you can't hide. And at the same mm. time, sometimes we are our worst enemies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. And maybe that is what I my takeaway. But we'll have to wait because I have to see it a few more times before I have an actual uh, idea. I want to thank you all for joining me this, after, this evening. Um, and... Jordan Peele, like you said, uh, hit it out of the park once again. This was an, an amazing movie. I still don't understand it. Uh, a Facebook friend of mine said, uh, you got to put your AP English literature hat on mm-hmm. in order to understand it. So maybe I need to go back to school myself to, to get it. Um, but uh, maybe we'll have another discussion in two more years when he... Uh, drops them (laughs) I'm not sure but uh, again thank you Uh, thank you for tuning in thank you to my producer and engineer Michael Roccaforte and uh, I think this will be our last uh, Thursday night talk together it will be for uh, us too Um, I'm back next week but yes yes, it's, it's been a pleasure yes so we are going to end the show with the ending song from the movie and it's from my actual one of my favorite female vocalists and that's Minnie Ripperton incidentally mother to uh, Maya Rudolph and the song is Le Fure and uh, it's The Flowers
You've been listening to Thursday Night Talk here on KHSU. Thanks to our host, Lorna Bryant, and to our guests this evening. We love to get feedback.